Hey gang, Tom Mullen here. Do you have a child who spends more time than you'd like in front of screens consuming low quality content? Well, you can turn that screen time into something fun and worthwhile. I'm talking about mini coders, an educational game based platform including companion apps made for kids with video tutorials, virtual assistant, and games where kids learn coding skills while they play in the Roblox metaverse, all under the safety and guidance of a virtual assistant and in-game tutors. MiniCoders is perfect for homeschooled, unschooled, or traditionally schooled children alike and helps them build 21st century skills and have a ball doing so. Right now, you can try out MiniCoders with no obligation by registering for a free trial at TomMullenTalksFreedom.com slash MiniCoders. That's M-I-N-I-C-O-D-E-R-S. Again, just visit TomMullenTalksFreedom.com slash MiniCoders and start your free trial today. Every revolution starts in the minds of the people. Arm yourself for the war of ideas. Take back your life. Take back your liberty. Tom Mullen Talks Freedom. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Tom Mullen Talks Freedom. Today, I'm joined by Mario Balaban of Project Veritas, the organization founded by James O'Keefe to continue his undercover reporting work begun in college. Project Veritas investigates and exposes corruption, dishonesty, self-dealing, waste, fraud, and other misconduct in both public and private institutions to achieve a more ethical and transparent society. And they often do that by recording insiders at organizations they're investigating. And believe it or not, what the insiders say when they're being recorded without their knowledge often contradicts what the fact checkers, the mainstream media, or they themselves tell the public. Mario is with me today to discuss some recent releases that should be getting a lot more attention. So Mario, welcome to the show. Tom, thank you for having me on. I want to get to the latest videos that Project Veritas has released about the senior engineer at Twitter. I'm sure I'll butcher his name when we get to it. But before we get to that, it's been at least six weeks, a couple of months since you released some videos with Matthew Rosenberg, who is a Pulitzer Prize winning reporter for the New York Times, who made quite a few revelations about January 6th. And some of his comments were to the effect of, oh, yeah, a lot of my coworkers are a lot farther left than I am. And they're making a bigger deal out of January 6th than it really was. And that's startling enough. But he also made statements about his own knowledge of, I think he said dozens of FBI informants present at January 6th. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? So this was a story you broke here on Matthew Rosenberg, as you said, is a Pulitzer Prize winning reporter for the New York Times. And what's really troubling from what Rosenberg said to our journalists is that, you know, to our journalists, he says, oh, the the January 6th was nothing. It was actually fun to be there. I enjoyed it, you know. But then he's assigned to write stories for the New York Times where he writes about how awful it was and how horrific it was. So clearly, just the, the general disconnect between what he says in private versus what he writes to the public, not what he says in public. He writes, 
he covers news apparently to the public and he's willing to say that it was such a different thing than what he's willing to say to other people so that is the major level of corruption there that i we we saw as you noted he talked about the the woke mob inside the new york times and the divisions <laughs> there that exist and clearly he named names and that really upset people at the new york times to the point where dean bakay it was leaked by politico that dean bakay had to address the staff the entire company about our political broke that story that Dean Bakay was the executive editor of the New York Times who's leaving by the way is had to address the company about it so it is shocking and as you mentioned he did talk about agents that, that his words were that there were informants there present on on January 6 and obviously a lot of people who have been saying this for months were called conspiracy theorists but when a New York Times reporter who has a lot of sources inside national security agencies is saying that I think it should be taken seriously and it should be noted that this man knows this information and you know what else what was really going on that day I think there's a lot more questions than answers you know based on what this man said as you say this is not somebody with a blog called Tom Mullen talks freedom just riffing on a theory he has won a Pulitzer prize he's got a blue check mark he's establishment media i would venture to say that he's the kind of person that would be fact checking people like us so there's no question of his credibility here but my first question after what you've just said is has Project Veritas been contacted by the January 6th commission to get all of the raw footage of the interviews with Matthew Rosenberg? And has he been requested to testify at the commission? To my knowledge, none of those things have happened. No outreach, no additional information. All we know is that the executive editor of the New York Times was very upset with Rosenberg. I, I don't know if he called him stupid or something along those lines for what he said. They were caught in a very difficult situation because New York Times knows us very well. If they address this publicly and you know take action against Rosenberg, they validate Project Veritas's journalism, which is the last thing they want. But if they take no action, it speaks volumes that they would assign this man to cover topics and write in a way and then privately speak the exact opposite of what he is writing. It is unbelievable. And the other thing that he said that was interesting, Rosenberg, is that the Trump P-tapes that were a big deal in 2016, 2017, he admits that that never existed. He knew that it was all BS made up, people just make stuff up. So he's more than willing to admit that the mainstream media is willing to lie, make things up, just as long as it fits the narrative, they'll do it. Yeah, and, and that he himself will go out and print something he knows not to be true, or at least an opinion that he doesn't hold, that he in private mocks. It's startling. I'm interested, what was the gist of this internal meeting at the Times to explain your video? I, I can pull up the article here of what Dean Backkay said. From This is from Politico, from March 11th. Backkay addresses New York Times staffers about hidden videos. So it starts with the New York Times Project Veritas Quagmire at a Thursday lunch in New York Times Washington Bureau, upset reporters pressed executive editor Dean Bakay about a recent sting operation targeting national security reporter Matthew Rosenberg, according to two people present. So they leaked this information to Politico. Let's see, Bakay, the Times staffer told us, responded by criticizing Rosenberg for being careless and stupid. But he said that Project Veritas is trying to, quote, make our heads explode, unquote, and divide the Times, and that they should not play into the group's hands. So clearly, Batcave did not know what to do with the story because he understood how he couldn't dismiss it. 
right? In 2017, he tried to dismiss an undercover New York Times story we published saying, oh, well, this guy was a junior employee, whatever. But this time, a Pulitzer Prize winning reporter saying the things he said, Backey obviously knew that this was a different situation for him. And to this day, he's never uttered a word publicly about it. Well, and okay, so he calls Rosenberg careless and stupid. Well, what was careless and what was stupid? Telling the truth? Or is what he's saying not true? I mean, there's really, as you said, there's nowhere to go with this position. Either you believe your own eyes and ears, and you're getting this person off the cuff when he doesn't know he's being recorded. Either there were dozens of federal informants on the ground on January 6th, or he's completely wrong one of the two. And you would think, again, I I wanted to bring this up. I know it's from March, but it seems like by now committees move slowly. They should be all over this to either impute what he says. I mean, he might be wrong. It's a possibility that he thinks there were all these informants and there weren't. We suspect he's not, but either way, this should be investigated. Supposedly this committee's trying to get to the bottom of this and find the truth. And of course, uh, this would be very material. But getting to more recent news, the other breaking news that caught my eye was this interview with, I'm going to try the name, Siru Murugason, yeah, who's a senior engineer at Twitter. Why don't you tell us the gist of what he told your reporters? Yeah. So we actually just broke uh, two Twitter stories last week, one with this senior engineer, Siru Murugason, and the other story with the senior ads executive at Twitter, Alex Martinez, Siru basically admits to our journalists that the company and his colleagues are commie SF, is the word he uses, <laughs> that they work very little. He said that he worked four hours a week for a full quarter. He would work four hours a week. I'm sure they make a lot of good money with that amount of time. Very critical of Elon Musk, worried about Elon Musk. The internal rumblings about Elon Musk, uh, very, very prevalent among colleagues there. And he's been there for, I believe, three years. So he knows the culture at Twitter very well. He even said that Twitter transformed him politically to the left and that there is bias that censors certain political views over others. And Alex Martinez is the second man we recorded who echoes the same thing, criticizes Elon Musk severely mocks him for having Asperger's and, you know, speaks about how the company is not profitable because they are ideological. So in a way, they're almost endorsed Elon Musk because Elon Musk wants to actually make them work there <laughs> and actually want to make a profit there. And they're admitting, yeah, we don't work, but we don't want Elon Musk here to change that. We like how it is. They didn't say that verbatim, but that's basically what they're alluding to. It's like, oh, it was just fine without Elon Musk. And Elon Musk is about to change our worlds here. It's just so awful. We're not going to be ideological. We're going to have this thing, free speech, which what does that even mean? And we're not, you know, turn a profit and all these different things. It's it's very interesting to see them speak. And those videos did go viral last week and got a, a lot of attention and even trended number two on tw hashtag Twitter exposed trended number two on Twitter last week. Let's take a short break for this important message. Friends, if you like to read books as much as I do, there comes a time when you realize you just won't ever find the time to read every book you're interested in. Well, I have great news. Blinkist offers the key ideas from nonfiction bestsellers in as little as 15 minutes. For most books and their extensive library, you can choose to read or listen to Blinks, which summarize the main ideas 
and allow you to absorb whole books in the time it takes to run your daily errands or commute to work. Not only does Blinkist allow you to glean the information you need from books you don't have time to read, it helps you to decide which ones to spend time reading and get more details. You can try out Blinkist for free and get 20% off your first year by going to TomMullenTalksFreedom.com slash Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. That's TomMullenTalksFreedom.com slash Blinkist. Start your free trial and get 20% off today. And now let's get back to the show. The answer, then you quietly save the day. You were right, Mr. Spock, about everything you said. We humans just are logical, too crazy. You know, it's funny because I remember your founder, James O'Keefe, appearing, I believe it was on the Timcast several months ago. And he says, let's just call these people what they are, which is communists. And I think some sometimes, you know, I use that term all the time as well as just kind of a pejorative. And there, there's some questions sometimes like, well, are they really communists? Do they really want the government to own the means of production or do they just want bigger government, some kind of more soft socialism? But the funny thing is, is he self-identifies is that not only him, but most of the people there are actually communist. And he says that one of the problems with Elon Musk is that he's a capitalist, but Elon Musk says he's a socialist. So do any of these people know what these words mean? Do you have a sense that they are just throwing things out or is there really a culture of communism there? Communism and socialism and social justice are all terms that anyone can define in their own way these days. It's almost like you can choose the definition of words in their minds. As you know, they define, not to get off topic, but they'll define gender and whatever they want in any terms they decide that are the right terms. There's no science or logic or rational, this is right, this is wrong. It's all about moral relativism to them. So anything can be defined in any way they want it to be, right? So hard to say exactly where on the Stalinist, Leninist scale (laughs) this man will fall under. But the general topic here of why Twitter is so important is the free speech aspect. And clearly, regardless of how leftist or how not leftist, it clearly shows the belief that they have the authority and the right to choose what words and what things get to stay on the platform. That's what the power that they have. And that's a power that they use. And regardless of how radical each one of them are, it looks like it's pretty clear amongst all of them that that's a consensus that they're willing to censor information. I mean, if you look at what Alex Martinez said, this other Twitter executive in camera is like, what is free speech? If I decide that, um, how can people make a rational decision on things if the correct information isn't provided to them in the first place? So he thinks that they have the authority and the power and the right to define what the right information is first before people can have a discussion. They don't think that there should be an open debate about things. First, you must have the right information, which seems like Twitter will provide. And then from there, maybe you'll have a conversation around those segmented lines that we chose for you. And I think he said words to the effect that, at least in his mind, the divide is between people who want to stop bullying and people who want an open and free debate. And it's almost as if he's setting up a dichotomy that you can either have a free debate and then you have to put up with bullying, which I guess there's some truth to that. It's not really like that's the choice we have. The choice we're really facing is you can hear both sides of an issue 
or you can only hear our side. And that seems to be what they want. Exactly. It's very troubling that we have these platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Google have so much power, but they do. You know, Elon Musk has put this deal on hold for now. We'll see what comes of it. I know for a fact that Elon Musk is aware of these videos, though, because he responded three times to Project Veritas last week. I'm pretty sure he, he even mentioned the insult that Alex Martinez levied against him on the Asperger's angle and the, the free speech side. So Elon Musk is aware of the videos. We'll see what other actions take place from here. Obviously, Twitter has not responded to our request for comment at all, but they sent emails internally that were leaked to us saying, beware of Project Veritas employees, journalists out there. Beware. Be careful. Here's what's next. And they leaked that information to us. And the funniest part is Alex even read that email to one of our journalists, not knowing he was reading that exact email, warning about Project Veritas to a Project Veritas journalist. It's funny because we've got the free speech angle, but all of the things that this gentleman, he seems like a pretty nice guy, actually, <laughs> even if he uh, describes himself as a commie. But when he's talking about people working four hours a day or taking a month off, that really has an effect on the valuation of the company, or at least, so if Musk is in the due diligence stage where he's looking at all the books, this tells you that there's a tremendous potential financially there. And if you just had people show up and work eight hours a day, it seems like you could cut a lot of costs there. And so this would affect the valuation. I know Musk got in trouble for saying something that supposedly was a breach of his confidentiality on the whole fake account thing with how many fake accounts President Biden has or, or how many fake accounts overall at Twitter. So this would be another thing. I don't know if anyone else has looked at your videos, even from the SEC, if they get nosy about this whole deal. No, we haven't gotten any outreach on that end either from, from these other institutions. It's a very informative story for the public to know what's going on inside Twitter. We all hear and we all have our suspicions about what happens in there. But to hear them speak to it and understand, I think, especially with everything going on with this Elon Musk deal, the timing could not be better for the public to know exactly what's happening inside Twitter. Do you have a sense? I know you can count how many views you get on a particular video. Do you have a sense of how many unique users you reach? So in other words, you broke this story about Twitter. How many people has that reached? From what I know from online, just on Twitter alone, if you combine both videos, Alex and Siru, we have just on Twitter, we have reached 20 million views, just on views. You can add another, at least another one to 2 million probably, if you add the other platforms. And then you can add more than that for other people who independently publish the videos. And there was all the articles that came from it. So it's safe to say that tens of millions of people absolutely are aware of this story and it had a, a significant impact on the conversation about Twitter. The reason I ask that is that it continues to startle me, the videos that your organization releases, and these things are available, as you said, to tens of millions of people have seen them and still a lid can kind of be kept on it. We know that the New York Times is not acting honestly, as Matthew Rosenberg confirmed firsthand. But do you get a sense that there's any kind of a floodgate buildup where a floodgate will open? Or is this just a fight that's going to be ongoing for the rest of our lives? Well, we definitely have catalyzed a lot of people to come forward to us with information once they see videos like this. Whistleblowers come to us. So it is a movement. Like James O'Keefe likes to say, there is a movement here. 
And the more we do, the more people come to us. So we just have to keep going. You know, there's a lot of people who say, oh, well, nothing happens. Well, nothing will happen if you sit around and do nothing. So we'll continue to push out these videos, inform the public, because without a true information and free press that delivers real journalism to the people, we don't have a free country. It's that simple. Yeah, I got to agree with you there. And I continue to be startled by the people who will buy the explanation. Well, yeah, they take firsthand videos, but they're out of context. So my question is, well, tell me what context a statement like there were dozens of federal agents at January 6th, what context would change the substance here? I don't know, but you guys do great work. I'm on your distribution list. Anything you can tell us about what might be coming up? Well, we got a lot of things in the works. We can't share just yet. As you can imagine, there's a lot of sensitive information, but stay tuned because in the next few weeks, we'll have some very, very, very big stories coming. All right. We certainly will do that. And we'll post links to your website and to some of your newest videos. Mario, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Okay, friends, that's going to do it for today. If you haven't already, don't forget to download a free copy of my new ebook, It's the Fed Stupid, at itsthefedstupid.com. And if you like the music you've heard on Tom Mullen Talks Freedom, you can hear more at tommullensings.com. Thanks for listening. The war of ideas has only just begun. Arm yourself with the knowledge you need by heading to TomMullenTalksFreedom.com and subscribing to our email list. And remember, every revolution starts in the minds of the people.